Hello and welcome to A Life in Music with Russell Scott. This podcast is dedicated to all you performers out there who want to be the very best you can be. Whether you're just starting out, a budding professional, just love performing, or have been professionally working in the industry for years, this podcast will help you be the very best. Thank you for joining us today, and don't forget you can check out the website, alifeinmusic.com. Now, without further ado, please welcome the man himself. With over 35 years professional performance experience, 100,000 record sales behind him, and a career spanning the worlds of classical music and musical theatre, on film, on television, on radio, and on stage, this is A Life in Music with Russell Scott. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of A Life in Music with me, Russell Scott, the podcast that is designed for you performers out there that strive to be the very best you can be. And each episode features tips and tricks and behind-the-scenes stuff and interviews with people that inspire and can really give you an insight into this amazing industry that we call showbiz. Now on today's show I've got another special guest and I am thrilled to have the lovely Helena Blackman with us today. Now she rose to fame in the BBC talent show series How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria which was looking for a Maria to feature in uh, The Sound of Music, a production in the West End. Since then she has been performing pretty much solidly and she's had some incredible roles and she'll be talking about that in a few minutes. At the moment she is just finishing her run in uh, the acclaimed production of Titanic which is at the Charing Cross Theatre in London and I'm absolutely thrilled to have with us Helena Blackman. Now we've we've had a few technical difficulties today. It's something that we don't normally get on this show, but it sounds like there's a sort of little dog scratching away in the background. It's uh, something on the line uh, when we're talking to Helena, um, but hopefully uh, this little doggy won't interrupt our conversation too much. So without further ado, let's introduce Helena. Hello, Helena. Hello. And it's lovely to talk to you on the phone. We've had a bit of a bit of a hoo ha trying to get in touch and, and make this happen. <laughs> We have, but I'm here. I'm you're here. here. <laughs> well, you've uh, you're just in the, in the coming to the end of a run of Titanic the musical at the Charing Cross Theatre in London. Are you are you tired? Yes, I am very tired and emotionally drained from every night getting on a lifeboat, which is you know quite a strategic task. <laughs> uh, I'll say I'll save the puns. I'm sure you've heard all of them. All of them. Has it been Has it been a good ride for you? It has, it has very much so, yeah, particularly um, the rehearsal period because it was so interesting with so many of us working together at the same time. Um, You know, it's very rare really that the entire company worked together all day for the whole eight-hour rehearsal day, Um, but that was really enjoyable and, uh, yeah, it's just a a very emotional piece, so uh, we're just trying to keep healthy and happy away from it. How how do you deal with the tiredness? I mean, it must be. I mean, all shows are, are very draining and very tiring, and and this one's a particularly emotional one. How yes. do you how do you deal with that? Personally, for me, it's really simple. It's trying to get as much 
sleep as possible and keep as hydrated as possible. I'm a really sensitive person and, I, I, and I've got, there's some members in the cast, you know, they're up at 6.30 with their kids and then they do a show at night. I'm not really sure how they do that because I find that if, if I don't try and get at least a nine hour period in bed, I really, I really do feel it and I really do suffer. So I try as much as possible to rest as much as possible when it's such a particularly emotional piece. And not all shows are the same. Some day, some shows I'm able to do a Bikram yoga class four times a week. <laughs> but this particular show and all the obstacles that, 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 that it's presenting means that um, life away from it is a little bit more complicated than usual. And do you, do you think that training and I mean what what for you, for you I'll, I'll rephrase the question how 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 do you best prepare for going on to a, an eight show a week production gosh I try not to think about it too much because I do get daunted even now knowing I've got two further productions coming up if I think about it too much I think oh my goodness I've got to be well for the next eight months and and that's and I've got to try and calm down and not think about that because of course that's not possible nobody knows when they're going to get sick or when they're going to get a cold or so I just try and give myself as much preparation as possible which was very difficult for Titanic because we got cast the week before whereas usually I'll have three four five or even six months before a production so that gives me time to get hold of the music go and see my singing teacher just think right get on top of my health and make sure I'm nice and healthy and well slept before I even start the job so and maybe that's a mind over matter thing and maybe it's all in my head but personally I find that if I can go into a rehearsal process thinking I've done as much as I can then there's less blame and less apprehension later if things go wrong. Yeah, and I know I know how much of a perfectionist you are. I mean, we've we've had the pleasure of working together on a on a very small scale uh, some months ago. Yeah, and I know that you like to get everything absolutely right, uh, as I do, and and it, it to be you know as perfect as it can each time. Yeah, I like to get on top of it, particularly because of rehearsals. I'm not the best in rehearsals. I'm still trying to work everything out, and there's the usual, you know, you, you, you're meeting new people, and that's quite scary. You're dealing with the normal everyday anxieties, the show anxieties on top of how am I going to sing this, or I kind of like to have got that sorted before I start, which is why I do like to start on the music as early as possible because there's so much going on in that four weeks of rehearsal um, that for me, for my mind, I I just need I just need to pace myself because everybody's different. Some people really thrive on not knowing what's going to come out of their mouths or, you know, meeting, you know, but I find certain things daunting. They're my insecurities and I have to manage my insecurities around my career. Now you've you've had a, a very busy career so far and and it's this really all began for you from your training but then you went on to do the BBC TV series um, how do you solve a problem like Maria tell me a little bit about about that um, I, I'd seen in the stage that there was an advertisement for the sound of music and at this point I didn't know that there was a TV part of it and I always knew that my voice suited um lended itself very well to rogers and hammerstein music and i was very open when i 
graduated from drama school to, to try and audition for everything, even things that my agent hadn't put me up for. So I'd often ask permission to go for open calls, which this was. Um, he then had found out that there was a TV side of things and said he wasn't particularly happy me doing something on such a commercial scale, but um, if I would like to go for it. So I, so I went along, really, um, not very interested at all in the commercial part of it, but just thought, do you know what? This is what I know I do. Um, and I just got through round after round. Um, and, and was that one of the first things you did out of leaving college? Yeah, so, so when I left, I'd auditioned for what I thought was a Disney cruise ship, but they were also auditioning for Disneyland in Japan, in Tokyo. And when I went for the job, which was an open call as well, um, they said, look, how do you feel about going to Tokyo? Um, and I said, fine. I got the job. It was a seven-month job. So I graduated in the July. I auditioned in the September, and then I flew off to Tokyo in the February, and that took all that year after graduating. Um, I came back in, in, in the following autumn. I did Panto, and then I had another little... Um, uh, it was called Beatlemania. It was like a, comp a Beatles compilation show at the Gothenburg Opera House in the spring. And that spring, there was a lot going on. I was auditioning for Cosette. I was auditioning for Christine. And I also wanted to go along for, for The Sound of Music. So it was really sort of two years, not even two years after I graduated, that things started sort of buzzing a bit. And... Uh, yeah, I remember being in Gothenburg and I had to fly back and I missed the first day of Maria school because I'd gone straight to the to the second round. It was, it was all going on at the same time. Yeah. How, did, <laughs> how did you find the experience on the on the show? Um, I from what I remember, I the Maria school and that was lovely because I was in I was in a, a unique place that I knew I was one of the very few trained people there, and I knew. I was a good soprano and I knew I was good and I knew that and so I could and, and whereas other people coming through had seen you know that it was a television show and they thought this is their chance for them and they hadn't traced so I knew I stood a chance but I just I never thought about the next stage I really sort of rolled with the punches at the time and it was only when we you know they announced the last 20 of us so I thought oh my goodness no the last 10 of us I thought Oh my goodness, we're going on the telly, yeah. <laughs> and it hadn't it hadn't sunk because I'm sort of always aware when I go for I never get my hopes up ever 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 ever. So I'm already prepared myself for a fall, not to the extent that I'm going into a casting half-hearted. But if I get the job, my my drama teacher said getting the job, getting the job is the cherry on the top. Your actual job is to go for those auditions. That's your job. That's great. That's good advice. And I think I really stayed true to that so that when we did the TV shows, I was just terrified every week. And that was obviously, you know, we were dealing with TV panto action going on as well. But it wasn't like the TV show since. So I would say it was reasonably well handled. We were looked after well. And there was none of the, although there was sort of that media play that went on in trying to maybe push our personalities or our storylines, certainly not to the extent that shows since then have done yeah and you've since then you you you've been very busy but you've also had you've also had times of, of real quietness as well and have you mm -hmm. have you ever doubted that that the next job would ever come along I mean one of the things about this this podcast is is to really help and support people that are that are growing through the industry and it's mm. it's a very um, difficult industry I mean you can be in work for for months and months and years on end and then then nothing for ages I mean do you mm. lose heart I mean what how do you cope getting through that 
I always know another job at some point will come up because the odds just would have to be in your favor as a professional. There's, if I'm doing this for the rest of my life, you can't tell me in 50 years no job will come up. I'm with a good agency, I work hard, and I'm, and I'm pretty good at what I do. What I do struggle with is I lose faith in my ability to show my strength as a performer. So when I haven't worked for a while, when something traumatic has happened in my life, um, that's when I lose strength, lose focus, and I just don't have and have to dig deep to find the energy to prove that I, I, I should get the job. Um, but I always know, I've always held on to the fact that your talent doesn't just leave you, your voice doesn't just leave you, it's there, it's there, you just got to show somebody else that it is. And who, who are you influenced by? Oh God, normal everyday people around me. My sister, my best friend, my family, um, just how 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 amazing the world is, experiences in my life, how precious time is, very normal things, not necessarily anything I see yeah. or hear, just the positive experiences in my life. Yeah, and 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 that that's really good because I mean it's it, you know I th I think everybody has are influenced by by the people that they want to be like. And I think mm. one of the things that you've, you've just brought out is the fact that it's not just about the, the, those people, it's about what's going on around you. Yes, it's it's very significant. And when I've had vocal problems before and I've worked with vocal teams, there's so much going on between how normal life can affect, the voice can affect. It's all it's this huge mother nature, earth versus, you know, it, it's everything. You cannot do this job without, you can't, you know, you might, I, and, I, and I've worked as a PA before. I can go and sit at that desk and, and have a cold and do my job. I can sit there and have a hangover and do that job. I can't do my my job as a performer unless unless I'm 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 as in in as best place as I can and if I'm not in a great place that's when my job as a performer that's when I have to work even harder because what I'm not saying is that everything has to be going amazing in your life that would be glorious that's not possible so what I've had what the challenge is is when there are things going on in your life as it comes up all the time that's when you have to work harder and so I try and prepare for those times I try and if I'm feeling down if something's going on I try and regardless of the performing have tools and have people in place to help pick me up to help make sure that when I go into that theatre I can put my tough times aside do my job come out the other end and try and pick them up and it's that it's juggling life all the time is the biggest challenge for me and what's what's been your career highlight to date oh gosh I think several things I think being a soloist at the Royal Albert Hall was just a dream I think um doing a TV show where I got to entertain millions of people and they didn't have to pay anything for it that's glorious and I think playing um, um, Liza Doolittle and My Fair Lady a part I've always wanted to play and just just getting there a little slightly too old to play her but just it just happening at the right time so I think they're three of my highlights yeah and what would be what would be your dream what's your dream job there isn't one now Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, and that's really when people say, "What's your?" I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm pretty greedy. I, I, I think variation. If there is a dream, it's 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 variation. The dream is to just be able to keep doing what I'm doing. Just getting to the age of seventy or eighty, and said, do you know what? I've done I've done a little bit of telly. I've done a bit of theatre. I've I've just experienced as much of the professional performance world as I can. I think that's a very lucky place to be in. Have you found Have you found it very competitive? Competitive, that's a difficult word. I don't feel when I'm along, alongside my fellow actor that they are competing with me, no, because I feel that everyone's out for themselves, so I don't feel I need to compare anything I'm doing. But what I do find is I find it often very fickle, and I have to deal with the disappointment of me just not being right and that having and having no control so i find it the lack of control the most difficult thing okay so just one final question i'm going to ask you now so what advice mm. what is the sort of key pieces of advice you could really offer people in support of doing what they do in this in this business what can you what what support can you offer i think you've got to be flexible you've got to try and come to the terms with the fact that you control nothing but your own health as much as possible and your own talent and you've got to be on top of that no one's going to be on top of that no one can it's your job to find the tools out there and keep keep on top of your talent and i think also yeah that flexibility in the sense that you you don't have a right to anything because you're talented doesn't mean you have a right to be on that stage anybody at any point can change their mind about you and that has nothing to do with you and just being available and flexible and non-judgmental taking things on the chin and being persistent because this is forever there's no time there's no you have to do this within a year or this within two years at any point in your life in your career you're going to have highs and lows and it comes in waves and you've just got to be I mean it's sort of a bit like the Dalai Lama sort of talks about that focus on everything that can happen the, the positives the negatives and just be aware all the time that anything can happen and I find that that's worked for me and what have you got coming up? What are the exciting projects you've got coming up in the next few months ahead? I'm doing a couple of productions at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool, which is um, quite a... I think it's, I think it's a 3,000 seater, you know, an opera Yeah, it's house. huge. It's huge. Huge. And we're doing... I'm doing Shout the Musical, which is a mod, mocker, uh, mod rocker, rather, sort of 1960s music. So that'll be fun, something really different for me. Um, so I'm doing that for about five, six, six weeks, and then have a little gap, and then I'm going to do Great Expectations, the musical, over Christmas, and there's a slightly new adaption they found, so that should be nice. And that'll take me through to January, and then I'm going on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Sounds busy. Well, look, Helena, thank you so much. Uh, you've been you've been really fantastic, and thank you for, for your time today. I know you're rushing off now Pleasure. to go and sing again at the Charing Cross Theatre, and uh, good luck to everything that you're doing, and thank you very very much indeed. Well that's it for today. Uh, what an amazing actress and with such a great perspective on life in this industry. A real inspiration. Thank you so much to uh, Helena Blackman for her time today. Now, don't forget, please check out the website and sign up to our newsletter at www.alifeinmusic.com. 
please, please, please can I ask one big favour, as I always do, and it really helps us to, to get to more people and help them as much as we can, and that is to go onto iTunes and please review the podcast. It would mean huge amounts to me. I'd be ever so grateful. And please share it with your friends and tell people about the show. It's a really great opportunity to help some other people, as we do, helping people and supporting the industry um, to really become the very best they can be. Until next time, don't forget, be your very best. Thank you.